Amid the quarantine, I curated conversations ranging from mental health, personal growth, race relations, marriage, and church leadership. Of the 110 conversations, here's my top 15. This is the John Peacock Podcast. Welcome to season one. John, and with me on the show today is a Christian therapist, Brian Silver, friend of mine for years, part of our, our Mission Church family. And what we've been doing on Thursdays is talking about really so much of what's going on on the inside. And this pandemic has revealed a lot of things, uh, but certainly it's been a revealer of some of our own issues. Uh, that, that's, in, that's inclusive of me, some of my own issues. And so it's, uh, it's been so great to have these conversations with Brian. And uh, what we're gonna kick off today on Therapy Thursday is uh, a conversation on marriage. And I know that a whole bunch of you guys watching are married, uh, some of which you'd say you're happily married, others of which uh, may say you were happily married until the pandemic. Um, some of you would say that you know your marriage is thriving, others might say it's complicated, some might say it's on the rocks. Um, some of you know of marriages that are struggling, and I, I just think marriage is such an important uh, topic for us to, to look at. Uh, there's a number of you watching that are single, and you're single or you're single again. I want you to know I, I see you. Uh, we, Brian and I both are aware that uh, not everyone is married, and so we've even been talking about, hey, when we're done uh, doing some episodes on marriage, might be pretty cool to do some episodes on singleness as well. So uh, just wanna put that out there as we're getting started and I think it's so important for us to, to talk about marriage. And so without further ado, Brian, what, 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 what are we thinking? Yeah, so, and I appreciate you offering that clarifier. Uh, I'm, I'm aware of our single watchers as well. And so a, a lot of the stuff that we'll talk about does translate communication-wise across other relationships. And so there's there's stuff here for everybody, uh, although we will definitely be focused in specifically on marriage over the next few weeks. So um, the, the first place I, I think is important to start is to just acknowledge marriage is hard. Hmm. Uh, it, we oftentimes go into marriage thinking, um, this is going to be the thing that is going to bring us joy, bring us bliss, solve our problems. You know, uh, we didn't have great relationships with this person, that, but you know what? Now hmm. I've got this partner in life that is going to be my perfect teammate. And and the reality is is that marriage marriage takes a lot of work. The the best, most thriving marriages are are working hard. And it's actually not even so much dependent on how, how much do we have in common or, you know, that kind of thing. There's all different kinds of marriages that can thrive, uh, but there's, there's some intentionality that's necessary and some, some work ethic that's necessary to, to make it that way. Uh, quarantine kind of puts us in a position that highlights where we need to shore some things up. Uh, you know, we probably were aware of some places that we were frustrated with our spouses before that, um, or or were feeling missed or not seen or whatever. Um, 
But now we're in concentrated space where some of those things that maybe were, you know, sitting on the outskirts are front and center. So where I want to start is to just kind of look at a basic framework for how how marriage works um, from our you know from our brain standpoint um, and and where it can go wrong when when we're not intentional. So I drew this little diagram for us. Oh right, we got a diagram. Yeah. I, I've got a few pieces of paper today. So. <laughs> Okay, what do we got? Um, all right, so this is a way that I've come up to explain uh, how how this stuff works. So when we first get married, right? So these four pillars are are throughout our marriage. We've got expectations. There's effort, achievement, and acknowledgement of that effort. Back it up just a little bit so we can see all of it. There, oh, we, there we go. Yep. Okay. All right. So again, expectations, effort, achievement, and acknowledgement. When we first get married we have this ideal picture of expectations. We think expectations, you know, hey, everything that I've ever wanted in a spouse is going to come true in this person, right? So our expectations are way up here, okay? Um, early on in marriage, um, it, in most cases, or at least many cases, effort is pretty high, okay? There's this, this new person that I just want to, you know, I, I want to make every dream come true. I want to um, I want to celebrate that they were willing to join their life with me. And so effort is really high. The fact of the matter is, is that effort and achievement don't always correlate. Mm. And so somebody who has been alive for 30 something years that, um, you know, let's let's just use a really simple example. Okay a guy that's been alive for 30 something years and hasn't been putting the toilet seat down, you know, honeymoon night, go to sleep, wife wakes up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and falls in the toilet. Hmm. Right. And, and she says, Hey, babe, can't do that. No good. All right. I'm going to set this down for a second so you guys can see me, but babe, don't do that. That's no good. Okay. Got it. Absolutely. I will, I will make every effort to make that change. And maybe in a month, wife falls in the toilet five, six times because it's just a real hard thing to change, right? And that is, that's something really basic and simple, right? This is not a marriage ending kind of thing for most people. Um, it gets a lot more complicated when we're talking about changing much bigger things about uh, how we take care of the house, um, how we're present at the end of the day, you know, things like that, that are much more, much more ingrained um, on a less kind of tangible concrete, oh, all I have to do is just work hard enough to change this toilet seat thing and we're good. You know, this is not squeezing the tube, you know, the tube from the middle or the back. These get really, really complicated, okay? So, so what happens is, is achievement is low and in many cases, acknowledgement of effort is really, really low hmm. because people are, we, we tend to treat our spouses based on their achievement rather than on their effort. Um, so if we're acknowledging anything, it's that you didn't achieve. Hmm. And so over time, if, 
if expectations are high and effort is high, but achievement is low and acknowledgement is low, effort and expectations start to drop off. Hmm. Okay, so uh, I'm really discouraged because I'm putting in the effort and it's not panning out. I'm not anticipating that my spouse is ever going to live up to what I what I want them to live up and love, live up to. So there's still this high line. Like, this is my ideal. My spouse is going to do it. And so think about that over a number of years. Eventually, everything bottoms out. Hmm. Right. So what we want is to get our expectations, our effort, our achievement, our acknowledgement kind of up here, not not in a perfect place. But we want to see that, um, you know, hey, maybe I can't put in this much effort all the time. There's a lot of things going on in life, right? But but I'm going to live up here because I cherish my spouse. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to work on acknowledging the effort. I'm going to acknowledge that achievement is a slow climb. There are going to be some things that have to change right away, like the toilet seat. But there are going to be other things that I'm going to have to offer a lot of grace in my expectations, right? When scripture says love covers over a multitude of sin, you know, there's this idea that I'm going to have to adjust my expectation to say, um, I see this effort, I appreciate this effort, and I know that in 50 years, mm -hmm. on this particular topic, my spouse is going to get to hear from me. Mm. And I know that's going to be a hard-fought win, <clears throat> okay? Now, what I just explained is not glamorous. Right. <laughs> There's not anything really sexy about that. Right? So what happens is is we tire of that. We're, we we kind of get off of our uh, get off of our game about it. And and as we get less and less intentional, we get more and more hurt by each other. Hmm. Um and and there's even this reverse tolerance that develops. In, instead of being grateful for the effort, there's the, hey, you didn't achieve again, you didn't achieve again. You did. So I'm getting more and more impatient hmm. with you and your effort. Hmm. Your first Corinthians says love is patient. That's, that's a hard one for us, yeah. right? Hmm. So, um, so we talked uh, about this dependency, codependency stuff, and we talked a lot about attachment. Sometimes we bring attachment tears into a marriage. Sometimes they happen in a marriage. But um, there's, there's these concerns when we first enter a marriage. It's sort of like once upon a time, uh, this, this uh, guy or this girl met their spouse. They thought everything was going to be happily ever after. And they thought they were going to be completely safe. And then their spouse proved to not be perfect. And they no longer felt safe, right? And... In many relationships, one person is the pursuer and one person is the distancer. So, so in that dynamic, somebody says, hey, we've got to rescue the marriage, and they chase the other one, and the other one sort of pushes away. Wow. And, and you, can't, you can't heal in that dynamic, right? Oftentimes, the roles eventually reverse. The pursuer gets tired of pursuing. The distancer starts to go, oh, wait a second. Um, my, my, my spouse has been pursuing me. I better pursue them, but they're sort of done pursuing. And so they start distancing. Um, 
this is not a good dynamic, right? So this week, let me be clear, uh, because I, I want to make sure that we're, we're speaking to hope here. I, I'm going to talk about some ways to address this stuff, um, but this week we're looking at ways that we, you know, we tend to do damage. We're, we're going to work toward better connection next week. So I want to be clear about that. Um, right now we're sort of describing the water we're drowning in. That's um, good. But but That's we good. will we will work toward yeah. finding something to swim back to shore. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, so um, so in in this wounding in in this disconnect, um, we struggle with being patient, kind, keeping no record of wrong. In fact, we we tend to get more and more cynical, more and more angry. We tend to fight more and more dirty. Um, I have a I have a, a worksheet that I hand out to clients oftentimes when we're talking about this, um, but uh, this is called it's a dirty fighting technique techniques worksheet. This, and um, I, I have I have images of WWF wrestling when you say it, that like it, I'm... it's kind of like that. <laughs> Uh, the, Cage match, no holds barred. The rake, yeah. the rake to the back. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. man, Ultimate Warrior, <laughs> Hulk Hogan brings back some memories. Um, so uh, this this sheet is this worksheet is is meant to kind of help disarm people. Uh, while they look at some of these nasty habits. And so it's written actually very tongue in cheek. It's written, if you want to fight dirty, here's some good ways to do it. And I'm just going to read a few of these to you guys. Um, I think you'll, I think you'll relate and you've probably encountered these in quarantine in close proximity. Um, here's, here's a few of them. Uh, timing. Pick the right time to begin an argument late at night during a favorite TV show after several drinks or just before your spouse has, has to leave for work are good options. As a general rule, look for the time your spouse least expects it or is least able to respond. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Overgeneralizing. Use words like always and never, as in you're mm -hmm. always late. Yeah. This is likely to distract your partner into discussing the overgeneralization rather than the issue and ensure further misunderstandings. You probably encountered this with not just your spouse, but with friends. You've encountered these kinds of dirty fighting stuff, okay? But it, it really seems to sting in a specific way with your spouse. Yeah. This, one, this one's a good one. Asking why. Why didn't you clean up? Why were you late? That will simply imply that there must be something terribly wrong with your spouse wow. and that there's that something more than simple problem behavior that might easily be resolved is, is an issue. Dude, that's so good. The why question puts you on the defense. Absolutely. Oh, yep. You're just in the, <clears throat> you know, you're cornered in just with one question, one why you just cornered. It's dirty. It's dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Just as a quick little trick, you can use any of the other W's, who, what, where, when, and you can use how. It does not usually go well when you use why with your spouse. Amazing. So... You know, what happened today? Um, how did this get broken as opposed to why is this broken? Wait, because that, the why 
does, puts yes. us on the defensive, right? Um, I'm just gonna do two more here. Labeling. By labeling someone in a negative manner, you can create the impression that the person is totally at fault. Labels like, oh, you're childish, or you're neurotic, or you're insecure, are particularly effective in obscuring issues where you may be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And then this one, this one's a pretty common one as well. This one, this one's not verbal. It's actually exactly the opposite. Leaving. Mm. No problem is so big or important that it can't be ignored. Walk out of the room, leave home, or just refuse to talk. Yeah. Sometimes just threatening to leave can accomplish the same ends without the actual inconvenience involved in actually leaving. So, bro, these are this is so good. This is really good. And I love that you call it dirty fighting. Yeah. Just na- naming it that, like, it really inspires me to not do it. You know, I love, yeah. I, I, yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah, well, and, and it really is dirty, right? I mean, we we didn't get married saying, I, I want to tear my, my spouse apart. We got married thinking, I want my spouse to lift me up. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that's that's part of the confusion in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the that uh, being married is about sacrificing for the other. And if both of you are mutually sacrificing, both of your needs are met. Right. Um, but but marriage is an opportunity for us to practice sacrifice. It's a model that that God gave us uh that exemplifies his relationship with us and and his purpose in relationship was was to sacrifice for us we often go into marriage thinking this person is going to sacrifice for me this person is going to solve my issues doesn't mean that we don't go into marriage thinking we want to serve the other person but there's definitely the expectation it's kind of like you know uh if you've ever seen a sitcom or an anniversary where somebody runs in and says it's our anniversary here. Open your gift. Open your gift. Right. They're excited to give the gift. And then they're going, okay, all right, where's mine? <laughs> right. There's this, there's this idea that there's this reciprocal kind of, and, and so there's this part of us that gets really disillusioned and discouraged when a lot of the things that our spouse gives us aren't good gifts. Hmm. And so then we turn to this, dirty fighting we we you know it starts to denigrate things because well we're we're hurt and the dirty fighting mostly looks angry um and you've probably encountered a lot of anger in your marriage at times even thriving marriages i'm not you know this stuff is true of thriving marriages as well uh, there's dirty fighting in thriving marriages. Every marriage needs work on this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, e- every marriage needs to work on some area. Maybe, maybe they're pretty good at acknowledging effort. Maybe, um, you know, maybe their expectations are still too high. Maybe, maybe they've dropped their expectations too low um, because, you know, while they're trying to be patient, they're also discouraged. Or there's a lot of different things that that you know cause this kind of stuff. But but this stuff shows up. Uh, in in all marriages, no communication is perfect, etc. But a lot of times, our communication around this stuff is is really anger centered. 
And what I want to show you, I got one more drawing for you. Come on, right? one more. One more. I, I really, I really brought out my uh, um, my pen and paper today. I, you know, I'll sign it for you. I don't know that it'll do anything, but I'll, I'll, I'll email it to you. <laughs> no, you, you can have a, you can have a, a replica to take home. Um, so, uh, so this is um, this is a picture of sort of an, an emotional iceberg. Okay. Can you can you see that hole? Yeah, it's pretty impressive, actually. I mean, I great job. Yeah, I, I didn't have time to do the polar bear on top, but <laughs> there's always next week. There's always next week. So, uh, anger is what we call a secondary emotion. Hmm. What that means is 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 that's what we show on the surface uh, because the stuff underneath the surface feels very vulnerable to. To share, think about it. If if you are in the middle of a fight and your spouse is fighting dirty, that feels kind of vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. Our instinct is not to say, "Ooh, I'm feeling vulnerable. Let me be more vulnerable and share what is really happening in my heart as you're attacking me." Mm -hmm. Instead, our our instinct is to put our defenses up. And so anger is that defense. It's that protection against being any more vulnerable. We don't, we don't like that. And it's actually, as much as it makes sense, logically, it works against improvement in the marriage. Because what really needs to happen is those primary emotions. You can see sadness, hurt, mm -hmm. humiliation, loneliness, fear, frustration, rejection, those are the things that need to be expressed. Um, when, when a spouse says to their spouse, you're a stupid jerk, if you run that through a translator, it's really more along the lines of what you just said or did really hurt me. Mm. But when you say, you're a stupid jerk, I say, well, so are you, because I'm not hearing your hurt, mm -hmm. I'm hearing attack, right? And so we escalate this back and forth. And again, close quarters, quarantine, not nearly as much space as we normally have. I'm betting that there are listeners out there who are encountering a bit more of this agitation because we're kind of on edge to begin with. Yes. Yep. And you know, uh, our uh, our uh, our kindness hats are not on the way that we might want them to be. So, um, all right, I, I, I've given in 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 a in a segment like this. I I can't go too much farther yeah. with that stuff. What I can do is I can present some uh, some pieces to help shore this up a bit. Uh, any questions or thoughts that come to mind before I offer some of those? No, man, this is great. <clears throat> I'm, okay. I'm watching the comments. People are people are all over this. This is great. Okay, cool. So, um, <clears throat> not everyone is extraordinarily naturally articulate about their feelings. Hmm. That might surprise you. <laughs> yeah, shocker. <laughs> yeah. Um, some people are are few words. Some people really they they struggle to do anything outside of their heads, or maybe they've learned that emotions are, you know, weak or anything like that. So 
I will use this very simple statement to help uh, help bridge that gap. It's sort of a template for how to express this. Mm-hmm. All right. It's not the only way to do it. It's just it's one way to to help frame what you want to say more effectively. So this is what's called an X Y Z statement. Oh, okay. All right. So the X Y Z statement says in situation X. When you do Y, or when Y happens, I feel Z. Hmm. Okay? So, in situation X, um, uh, John, um, when, um, uh, when we're on Live at 8, and you compliment me on my shirt, mm-hmm. I feel... Um, I feel good i feel joy i feel happy Mm -hmm. okay um or um when uh when i ask you to pick up the living room and you sit on your phone and watch espn i feel unheard i feel hurt Mm -hmm. i feel invisible, I feel dismissed. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what we're looking for is something that will lead us to that Z because it's the Z that gets lost. Mm. Right. We might talk around the Z a lot in a fight, but, but the Z is really the core of it. Mm. What you just did, this is how it's affecting my heart. And that's, that's, missed constantly in communication in a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so X, Y, Z statement, hold on to that one, write that one down. Uh, that's, that's one that you can practice as a couple yeah. very simply. Yeah. Okay? Very concrete. Um, you have to understand though, that this will not be effective in the heat of the moment when you guys are both keyed up. All right. So let me give you a couple guidelines on that. Um, First of all, there's, there's this uh, acrostic halt H A L T. Okay. Uh, Stands for hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Okay. And I would even add, I, yeah. Okay. Are you all of those right now? I'm not, I'm not lonely. I'm not lonely. Okay, that's good. <laughs> oh, hat. Man. Yeah. Checking the hat. <laughs> hat. There you go. All right. I would even add stressed, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, stressed, like yeah. a little bit stressed. We're all a little bit stressed right yeah. now, but like, you know, high level stress. The rule of thumb is, is when we're in those conditions, that's not a good time to have a discussion about something. Even if we go in with the best of intentions, we tend to ratchet up pretty quickly. Mm. So if you're hungry, sit down and eat and then have the conversation. If you're, if you're tired, say, hey, I'm too tired to have this conversation. Can we do this in half an hour? Keep in mind, if you say, I'm too tired to have this conversation, period, that's leaving. That's dirty. That's dirty, right? If you say, I'm too tired to have this conversation right now, Give me a minute to catch my breath and I'll be back. Give me half an hour, an hour, whatever. That's totally fair play. Yes. Because what you're saying is, is I'm coming back. 
And we want to reassure our spouses of that. Okay. So do you, so do you call it HALTS? I like it. H-A-L-T-S for stressed. Yeah. Well, it's not mine. It's, you know, it's no. floating around I'm the psychology giving, world, but no, I'm giving you credit. My friend, Brian Silver came up with this thing called HALTS. That's right. Yeah. It's well, I, I mean, you know, it is HALT. So HALTS is mine and maybe I'll trademark that one. There we go. Yeah. Um, it's also important to know that if you get started on the wrong foot, if you guys start ratcheting up, you're probably not going to resolve that effectively. Mm. So you're better off calling a timeout. Mm. And, and it's important that, you know, if you're going to use a timeout in a relationship, that it's something that you guys have discussed beforehand, that you have put some boundaries around. Here's how long a timeout can last before we check back in. Because again, there's a difference between leaving avoidance and, and really taking a timeout, right? If, um, I don't know, if, if the Bears were playing the Packers mm. and they were, they were up by two and the Packers were within field goal range with three seconds left on the clock, the, the Bears wouldn't call timeout and say, well, you know what? We're, we're ahead. Um, <laughs> if we don't finish the game, you know, we're good. Let's all just leave and go get burritos. Yeah, right. It worked that way, right? Right. They would call timeout to strategize to catch their breath for a second and then get back in the game. So a timeout is an impermanent thing, right? And I, I I'm uh, with Mark Ramonda here. The more you talk about the Packers, the more I, the A of halts is, is coming to the surface <laughs> for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry, Mark. Um, so, um, so we, ha but we have to put boundaries around it. Yeah. Right. It, it, do we check in after an hour? Hey, do we need another hour? You know, timeouts should not last for days. That's avoidance. Yeah, right. That's so good. I mean, that that's one of the ways that I didn't realize I was fighting dirty, but I'm more of a stuffer leave. Um, I got to walk it off. Give, mm -hmm. give me some time, but I can easily extend my time out to a level that is just unfair, not helpful. Yeah. Um, but I love putting the parameters around this. This is really good, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's key. Well, and, and it's reassuring. This is, this is what's going to hold it together. You know, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming back. Yeah. I'm coming back. I'm not leaving. I'm not avoiding that. I'm coming back. And I, yep. do, I do need to say this, Kelly, uh, to my wife, Kelly, if you're watching, always assume when we're working through the halts, always assume that H is involved. Just always assume that I'm hungry. <laughs> Sorry. So, no, that's, it's fair. So I'm going to, I, I want to reference two proverbs um, and, and then just offer one more thought here because I know we're getting short on time. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, Proverbs twelve eighteen says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, mm. but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Mm. Okay. This is why dirty fighting is so damaging and something like an XYZ statement or a timeout that says, hey, I want to do this better. So I'm going to go catch my breath and come back and do this better with you. Mm -hmm. That's why that brings healing. And that's why dirty fighting damages. Okay. The other the other proverb that I want to mention um, is 
uh, a gentle answer turns away wrath, a harsh word stirs up anger. Okay, it's, it's interesting. There's a there's a guy I know you've heard of this guy John Gottman. Oh right? yeah. So his so book, John his Gott book on marriage is my is has been the most single most helpful book Kelly and I have ever read. We love we love Gottman. Yeah. His his book is really really good. A lot of print, lot of good principles in it. He's he's the single most um, you know research um, uh, research heavy marriage therapist in the world. He's done a ton of stuff. And one of the things that he studied about arguments, discussions, all that is that ninety four percent of the outcome of a of an argument or a discussion is determined by how you start it. So think about it. a gentle, gentle answer turns away wrath, a harsh word stirs up anger. Mm. So 94% of how well that conversation is going to go is dependent upon how you start it. So if you start harsh, yes, not so good. If you if you do what he calls a soft startup. Yes. Yes. I love uh, that term. Yeah, it's a good term. Hey, it, hey, uh, reference uh, the book title for for those that are watching today. Um, it's seven principles. Yeah, no, no, I'm seven principles of making marriage work. Yeah, I think it's a long title, but that's, that's yeah. the title, right? Um, yeah, yeah. He his his is great um, for you know real kind of hardline um, you know research. His, the principles are awesome. I use a lot of his stuff. There's another one called Hold Me Tight, um, which is more attachment based. Very very similar principles. Like they communicate almost the same stuff. But if you tend to think a little bit more emotionally, hold me tight is a really good one as well. Um, that one's by Sue Johnson. Um, but um, at any rate, um, if we start gently, we start with an X, Y, Z statement. Hey, when this happened, can we sit down? You know, that kind of thing. We're going to be far more successful than, um, you know, if we're kind, if we're collaborative, if we're constructive, even when we're fighting. Fighting's okay. It's but it's fighting, fighting productively, right? Um, versus, you know, literally attacking, shaming, critical, harsh. You know, we, we think of fighting as a bad thing. Well, you know what? I, I, I fight to achieve something, too, don't I? Right. If you've ever played a sport, you, you probably put in some grit. Oh, yeah. OK, so it's the same thing. There's nothing wrong with fighting. Marriage is emotional. Marriage is hard. Marriage takes a lot of work. You got to bring some fight sometimes, but you got to fight fair. And and that soft startup is is a significant predictor of how you're going to hold the line to to work through that effectively. Dude, this is. I'm so glad we're doing this. This, this is good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The the reality is is that. Um, most, most of us are not great communicators in marriage, myself included. I mean, I, I help people do this, but I am a severe work in progress myself. Yeah. Uh, me too. Me too. I, I communicate for a living. <laughs> yeah. It's literally what I do. I mean, I do other things, but a lot of what I do is communicate and yet I get stuck and you know, I, I fight dirty. I didn't know I was fighting dirty. Um, I didn't put parameters on my timeouts. Yeah, me and Kelly have, have this is going to be great. I plan to watch this with her uh, maybe over the next uh, few days. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to rewatch this one. 
This is cool. Good. This is good. Any, hey, anything to wrap us up before you, maybe you could pray for us? Uh, yeah. The, the only other thing I'd say is if, uh, you know, if it's helpful, you know, I can, I can email you those dirty fighting techniques. If anybody, you know, uh, yeah, I you? don't know if there's a place that, that people can reach out to, you know, get it or if that can be sent out, but that's a helpful exercise to walk through. And, and the trick is, is you don't go through it and go, this is what my spouse does to me. You go through it and you look at, okay, um, here's all the things that I can say I do. So if you go through and you circle each one, yeah, I do this sometimes, I do this sometimes, and then maybe star two or three of them. These are probably my go-to. Mm-hmm. And then give some focus to intentionally working on not doing them. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. For more content or to watch this episode, visit johnpeacock.com. Until next time, keep your eyes open. Hold tight to your convictions. Give it all you've got. Be resolute and love without stopping.